Welcome to Small Talk Japan, where we talk about all things Japan in English. My name is Alexander Joel Bradshaw, your host for today, and I'm joined by Joshua Kenzo Morinaga. Your real name is not Joshua, is it?、Uh, it's technically Yoshua. Is it now? Yeah, it's, but it's spelled with a J. Right, okay. So we've got <laughs> some great stories coming up for you today. We've got some very sad stories as well. Unfortunately, obviously,、um, the death of、uh, Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth II is the, is the major kind of story going around the world at the moment. Uh, we also have、uh, some tributes from、uh, Japan to Queen Elizabeth.、Uh, we've got some news about COVID and the isolation period required to get into the country.、Uh, some news about tourism caps, arrival caps. And what have you got, mate? I have a Japanese bus operator who was punished after a passenger or- was ordered off the vehicle for not wearing a mask. Okay.、Uh, Japanese schools to use digital textbooks for English classes from 2024. Nice. Uh, dogs shedding tears of joy when reunited with owners, according to a Japanese study.、Oh. And, a, and the Tokyo Medical University to pay damages to women over rigged entrance exams. Okay, as Mitch would say, roll that intro. Speaking of Mitch. So American. Where, where is that guy? Where is Mitch? I think he's at home with a fever and a sore throat, apparently. Oh, I wonder what happened. So maybe he's finally got COVID. After all this time, who knows? Unconfirmed, though. Unconfirmed.、Yeah. Just a rumor.、Uh, but wishing you a speedy recovery there. Yeah, hurry up, Mitch. Come back.、Uh, that's correct. So, Although,、right. on the bright side, I, I think one of the articles today is saying that、uh, if I printed it out, you only have to be incubated for seven days now instead of ten days. Oh, right. Okay. That's good then. So it's a shorter span. It's so, like a week off, it's all right.、Actually. Yeah, so hopefully Mitch will be back by next week's episode then. Not too much. He's probably, I don't know what he's going to be doing at home.、Um, probably buying things on Amazon. Same, Random. A, same as usual then. Yeah. Okay, so let's get straight into it.、Um, the biggest news、uh, around the world at the moment, obviously, is、uh, the, the Queen uh, of, of uh, the, you know,、um, Great Britain.、Uh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has passed away.、Um, and. It's quite moving actually as a British person because I've known, I'm what, 43? And through my whole life, you know, the Queen has been on you know, money, on our stamps,、uh, you know, her,、uh, what's it called? The sign for her family, family crest thing, has been on、uh, post boxes and police people's uniforms and passports. It says, you know, Her Britannic Majesty's government and things like that. So it's just such a normal part of daily life. It's really shocking, actually, to, to see that she's passed away like that. How many years was she queen for?、Uh, I think 70. 70 years. Wow. 70 years. So my dad would have been like, what, three years old when she was crowned. Wow.、Queen、so she's been queen for like most of England's population's lifetime. For the whole life <laughs> of the whole population. And also Canada as well, New Zealand,、uh, Australia,、right. and all the other Commonwealth countries as well. So it's huge, huge news, really.、Um, and in Japan as well, people have been、uh, making tributes to、uh, Queen Elizabeth,、uh, turning up at the British Embassy in Tokyo.、Um, this article says that some people were bowing their heads in prayer while others were laying flowers before the gates of the emb- embassy, which is opposite the、uh, Imperial Palace、uh, Hanzomon Gate、uh, in Tokyo. And it's been a British mission to Japan for the past 150 years. So、um, the, the Queen was obviously looked up to by many people in Japan as well. Uh, and, you know, a, a symbol of kind of Britishness and, and you know,、uh, our country, really. So, yeah, very sad news indeed. Yeah. And,、um, yeah, lots of、uh, nice tributes from Japan.、Uh, the Queen actually visited Japan several times. So she came with her husband, Philip.、Um, and 1975 was probably the first visit, I think. 
She actually met uh, like a famous Japanese actress when they first came. And I saw an article about it in the Telegraph this morning. They were saying that, um, what was it? She was obsessed with the fact that they had computers at TV stations in Japan. Really? Yeah, because they were like, we don't have these in England. And uh, she goes, how many channels have you got in Japan to this actress and whatever? She's like, oh, we've got seven. And she goes, oh, in England, we've only got three. <laughs> but we're adding another one soon. We're going to have four soon. But we don't have any computers. Apparently, she kept going on about it. So, well, know. I mean, things haven't changed here in Japan that we still only have like That's strange. seven cha- channels. Right? Yeah, and probably the same computer running the TV. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, uh, King Charles III is taking over uh, from his mother. And I think there was a speech today about that as well. So, yeah. Do we have some photos of this as well? It says here yeah. we've got some photos of so the, the we'll, visit. We'll put it in the uh, the video YouTube podcast, but I, I just have it here on my phone since I'm not at the computer. But Right, okay. So drinking matcha in Kyoto somewhere. Probably uh, surprised at the bitterness of the tea, I imagine, you know. Oh, yeah. British tea is very sweet in comparison, right? Do you usually add, sweet? Do you add sugar to Some people tea? do, yeah. I, I just have it with milk, personally. But, okay. you know, uh, it's not anything like the bitterness of matcha or whatever. Wow, who's she with there? It's Philip and a bunch of other people. Yeah. Looking around Tokyo. That's Yoanji, the famous uh, rock garden. Where is this at? So that's in Kyoto. Um, it's, uh, you know, the raked ground, Karesansui garden. Right. Um, the most famous one in Japan. And I was there once, actually, there's this British couple sat next to me with their kid before COVID. And he was looking at it and he went, Dad, uh, Japanese people are really great at making boring shit seem interesting. <laughs> I pointed at <laughs> the garden and I was like, that's so bang on the nail. You know what I mean? <laughs> His dad hit him on the head like, shut up, what are you talking about? Something like that. But I was like, you're right, kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. But the royal family and obviously the imperial family in Japan, quite coastal relations as well. So back in the day as well, um, when the imperial family visited Britain, they were actually even like back in the 20s and stuff like that, they were really treated on the same level as Western royalty as well. Quite unusual for seeing Asian people stood next to, you know, white people around that time as well. It was quite an unusual thing, uh, especially to be treated in exactly the same way as well. So, yeah, um, very, very close connections between our two countries. Quite sad news, really. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, Mitch, I'm, I'm a little sad that Mitch wasn't here for this episode because he, he always says how much he loves the Queen, especially the Christmas uh, speech that oh, she the has Christmas, Yeah, the Christmas address, yeah. 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 So. so that's a good opportunity to see actually, you know, into her life. They started doing that in the 50s, I think, maybe 60s, because the royals seemed too far away from like the regular public. So they started doing, you know, TV appearances... And also garden parties at Buckingham Palace as well, inviting just regular people instead of just the nobility. So people could kind of interact with them a bit more. So, you know, they're very, very good at PR, basically. Even though there's a lot of negative press about, you know, different members of the family and things like that. They understand that they're a PR body, basically. They're an advert for the UK. Right. And it's a huge influx on tourism, all that ceremony and circum- like pomp and circumstance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot bigger than in Japan. Like Japan has a royal family too, but there's not so much press about it. Like yeah. they're not really like the image of Japan. The- well, it's quite demure. Uh, so they're not really supposed to uh, show off in public. And the press are very, very strongly um, suggested not to write about them. Um, I see. So there's a, a big you know, cap on what they can write and what they can't write. 
And actually, the Japanese royals are quite well behaved as well compared to, you know, the European cousins, perhaps. I don't know. So, and I say cousins because they all kind of are related to each other. <laughs> but, um, you know, so those two similarities between the countries are quite interesting to look at. And, um, yeah, it's always sad when somebody who's in the public eye, you know, dies like that. But I think with the Queen, she's really dedicated her whole life to service of the country. Um and you know that's that's become obvious through things like the crown that drama on netflix people oh, right. have understood a bit more about you know it's fiction based on reality obviously but um understood a bit more about what happens behind closed doors and the pressures that they're put under and things like that um but i mean when i was younger i was a staunch anti-royalist i thought you know what a waste of time and people are using our tax money for this kind of nonsense but as i've got older i've kind of started to think more towards the fact that it's kind of national tradition and it's kind of nice to have these ceremonies and things like that from ancient times or whatever still continued till today right um and if we didn't have that it'd be a bit more boring i think you know it's nice to have something that's unique to your country yeah i mean like like you already said the royal family does a lot of pr for mm-hmm. the country so and i was surprised you were telling me before the show started about like everything that they have to change yeah uh because of the change but so what were you saying that you had to change all the money yeah yeah so obviously the queen's image is on all our uh, coins and notes so we've got to change those and i think canada and australia also have the queen's uh, head on coins or maybe notes in their countries too uh also postage stamps um what else policemen's uniforms have got er the the cipher royal cipher on the helmet so they have to change that um to uh what is it cr it'll be next yeah oh. charles rex instead of Elizabeth Regina. Um, and then post boxes also have ER on the front of them, so they have to change those. Uh, you know, her Majesty's, her Britannic Majesty's government is like the, the word that they use on passports and things like that. that's got to change. Even like there's a word for being in prison. Really? On Her Majesty's service or whatever. On, uh, no, at Her Majesty's pleasure is, is the word for being in prison in England, basically. Okay. And that's got to change as well. So even like idioms that we use are going to wow, change too. That's crazy. <laughs> so it's like a, a, a such a weird thing to comprehend after seventy years. You know, so many yeah. things. Um, but you know, that's obviously everybody expected it to happen at some point. But right. you know, yeah. But it seems she died peacefully and everything like that. So that's a good thing. You know, after such a long you know time serving the country, and also to sign in Liz Truss, the last prime minister. You know, just before she died, she actually was working right until the end, which is, you know, very, very uh, honorable kind of thing to do. Very cool kind of way to go, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So great respect to Her Majesty. Right. Do you want to do a story? What have you got over there? All right. I've got uh, Japan bus operator punished after passenger ordered off vehicle for not wearing a mask. So in Nagoya, Mm -hmm. uh, a passenger got on from a bus stop, I think, by a hospital and that passenger wasn't wearing a mask and the bus operator made a few like announcements like when you're riding public transportation please wear a mask please wear a mask please wear a mask and then they just kept ignoring the bus driver Mm. and then eventually they just stopped the bus and said get off the bus and that passenger complained but the bus operator was punished for doing that so i'm not entirely sure like what the laws are about masks now like it's like the way Mitch puts it, we've been boiling the frog, so they're like slowly making changes right, right. about like corona restrictions and stuff like that. So what's technically the law now about like wearing a, a mask in public? Well, let me put my legal hat on, <laughs> my wig, 
Uh, no, I have no idea. Um, I don't think there are any laws uh, enforcing mask usage in Japan at all. Um, actually, I think it's more suggestion-based. So if you look at the government's website, it says in crowded places and things like that. You don't have to wear a mask outside. Absolutely, right. absolutely not. I mean, most people still are. But, but most people yeah. do, right? And in small town, I was in a small town in um, Oita the other day, and I was wearing a mask outside because there are a lot of local people in a very small town. Mm. And I didn't want to kind of put people off. Right. Because I was the only foreigner walking around. So I, I thought I'll wear one. But usually in Kawashima, I don't wear a mask at all um, outside. Um, but if you're on a bus or in a crowded place like that and everybody else is, I think, you know, just read the atmosphere and wear it. Yeah, I guess the the law here says that uh, the driver cannot refuse a ride except for some cases such as passengers being heavily drunk or yeah. violent towards the driver. Right. But there are no other laws about, like, they have no stipulations about mass. I think the, the bus company could probably enforce their own rules somehow. Right. You know, so passengers have to do this, that, or the other, but I know. It I mean, depends like, if it's a private company Yeah, I was going to say, if it's like a public yeah. bus, though, then I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you're not wearing a mask and everybody else is, at least the people wearing masks are protecting themselves. You know right. what I mean? It's not like you're literally going up to them breathing in the face. Right. Um, so I do kind of understand that perspective as well. And somebody's got to take the lead and break down this kind of mask-wearing culture. Because no other country in the world is doing it now, I don't think. Yeah, but. when actually speaking of the Queen passing, when I was like watching the news about it, nobody in England was wearing a mask. Yeah, everybody's over it, man. Totally over it. Like even in America now, uh, at least in Hawaii, I I've seen a lot of video where people in public areas are still wearing masks when they're waiting in line for like restaurants and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised that nobody in England. Well, it might be helpful for people overseas to know that in Japan, that you know, people really are wearing masks. The majority mm. of people still are. Um, and actually, when you go outside into town, if you're not wearing one, people do look at you a little bit. Um, if you go into a shop, if, well, if I go into a shop, I always put a mask on because I feel that the proprietors of the shop have the right to decide whether somebody should wear it in their premises or not. Right. Um, so I tend to follow the rules that they set down. But otherwise... Um, I think it's better not to wear them um, and get used to, you know, life as it was before, if you will. And there are some studies about microplastics breathing in through masks mm -hmm. as well. I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, there is that risk, I imagine. Right. All right. What else you got? All right. Well, talking about COVID, uh, Japan's going to cut the COVID isolation period to speed up the economic recovery, which is not happening in Japan at the moment. So Prime Minister Fumio Kishida said on Tuesday that Japan will shorten the period of isolation for COVID-19 patients with symptoms from seven days uh, from the current 10-day uh, uh, period. So people don't have to uh, recuperate in private for so long uh, and should be able to get back out there and start uh, getting on with their lives, basically. But even I think seven days is too long. You know, it's not um, necessary to, to hold it down for that long, I don't think. Um, well, how long is it contagious after your symptoms who gives are gone? A, who cares? I mean, just get it yeah. out there. I, don't, I really don't think that it's an issue because um, there are people spreading COVID around who are, you know, symptomatic and not having any, you know, sorry, asymptomatic. Right. Um, and, and not having any kind of cough or fever or anything like that. Uh, there are people who've got it and have gone out and not got tested, you know, and don't know. Right. Um, so... Uh, I don't really think it makes a great deal of difference. Yeah, I think the general attitude in Japan too is kind of like everyone's over it. At least like when I talk about it in my uh, adult classes, mm. like I'll have students be like, oh yeah, sorry I didn't come last week. I had Corona, but I'm good now. Yeah, so yeah. like 
it's really casual now. Mind you, it was like that in England when it went back in February or March or whatever it was. They were saying like, um, I was on the train and they were like, oh, so-and-so's got COVID. And they were like, oh, not again, another one. Um, <laughs> you know, and nobody's wearing a mask on the train. Right. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. Um, I don't think I've got it yet, which is strange because I thought I would do. I meet a lot of people. So, right. <laughs> you know, I, I would expect me to be at the top of the list for getting it, but I really haven't. And um, my son got it as well. And he was at home while he had it. Yeah. And I didn't get it either. So no idea. Have you had it yet? No, I haven't. Yeah. But I'm, I'm wearing a mask like all the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I probably have those microplastics you wear. Maybe the masks don't work. Who knows? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I don't really care if I got it at this point. Like, yeah. I, I would probably just work from home for a week. And Yeah, I actually like working from home because uh, I don't like people meeting people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's better for me to, I have to meet a lot of people, but if I can work from home and concentrate, that's why for me a train journey is amazing mm. as a business trip because you don't have to drive to the airport. You don't have to faff around with security and all that bollocks. You just get onto the train, sit down. If you've got a table on Wi-Fi, like even if it's a five or six hour train journey on the Shinkansen, I'm good because I can just work in isolation. Nobody yeah. talks to me or gives me any stupid questions. <laughs> so it's perfect. Um, yeah. So yeah, like Mitch is saying, it is kind of boiling the frog, I guess, like slowly, slowly introducing the concept that, you know, we might not have to worry about COVID for so much longer. But Right. I mean, like they're not doing, uh, they're not requiring PCR tests anymore to come into Japan. That's true from the 7th of this month. Right. Which is... Nice for me because uh, I'm going to Hawaii with my my wife's whole family. So, Whoa! So, When's that? Uh, the I think we're leaving like the 23rd of December. Okay. So we were kind of worried, like, oh, we got to find PCR tests in Hawaii, and I asked my mom, like, my mom's like, I don't know, nobody yeah, yeah. does it anymore. So, so Christmas in Hawaii. Yeah, best place to go for Christmas. What do you do for Christmas in Hawaii? I usually uh, wake up, eat some biscuits and gravy, and then open biscuits and gravy. What's yeah. that? <laughs> It's a very unhealthy American. Is it breakfast. like a biscuit, like a biscuit that you would eat with a cup of tea? Is that what it is? Like, like the Kentucky Fried Chicken biscuits with, uh, like a. Is that white... what you call a biscuit? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell! What happened? <laughs> a lot of things lost in translation. Right, I see. <laughs> and, and then we go to the beach after that. That's so weird. Just can't <laughs> get it. Can't get it into my head. That's not Christmas in my eyes. But, you know, I suppose there's copious drinking as well with that. Yeah, of course. Right. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's worldwide. What do people drink in Hawaii anyway? Uh, Mai Tais. Oh, the cocktail. Yeah. I thought that was from like Thailand or something. It's, 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 a, word, it's a Hawaii drink. Right. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay, well, it's like Hawaii question time because I literally know nothing about the country of Hawaii. <laughs> um, I've got one more uh, article about covid uh, an entry to the country as well. So Japan's raising the daily arrival cap to 50,000 people uh, because of the sluggish recovery of the tourism sector. So this is a, a you know a story very close to my own heart. Um, obviously, being involved in the travel and tourism industry, it's been a very, very tough uh, three years or so. And we were hoping very much so that the government would be quick in opening up the borders and allowing people to visit again. But unfortunately, they haven't uh, at all been doing that. Uh, at first requiring people to have uh, a guide with them at all times right. and only 20,000 people coming into the country. Um, now it's changed a little bit. So it's 50,000 people, no PCR test. Um, and also um, you will need to have um, everything booked by a travel agency for you. But you don't need uh, a babysitter to bring you around. You don't need a babysitter, but you do need to give a specific itinerary to the people who... Um, 
plan your trip for you. See, that's such a pain that nobody's going to actually really want to do that. Yeah, the biggest thing is this EFRS visa. You need to get a visa sorted out. So actually getting the visa is incredibly difficult in some cases. Okay. And I've heard uh, news of some people offering fake visas or not fake visas, but saying you can get around it. They'll provide a visa and you can book your own flights and accommodation, which is not true. Um, And, you know, that kind of thing is actually going to negatively impact everybody else who's trying to get into the country because they will come down hard on, you know, uh, issues like that as well. So basically, this is really kind of geared towards the larger Japanese travel companies to, to give them more revenue, I think. So JTB and the big partners like that will be able to book flights, accommodation, uh, everything uh, quite easily. Uh, the smaller operators who've really been struggling through this whole crisis uh, are not going to find it so helpful. So I actually have a lot of friends who've been phoning up the Japan Travel Agency asking questions about when they're going to fully open Japan up properly for individual tourism. Uh, and, you know, uh, up until now, there's been no real solid answer. So it's a good step and it's, uh, you know, good news that they're working towards restoring travel and tourism, but it's still nowhere near, you know, the the uh, the level that's needed, uh, especially with the weak yen at the moment, allowing people, you know, to buy a lot more on the visit to Japan if they come over here from foreign countries. Yeah, I mean, at time of recording, one US dollar is 142.5 Japanese yen, which yeah. is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good if you're an American tourist coming to yeah. Japan. You can uh, blow a load of cash, no worries. So, um, yeah, it's not good for us going abroad. Yeah. So I'm hoping that things will go back to normal a little bit more by the time yeah. I go to Hawaii, but... Well, let's hope the economy kind of kicks into action and uh, yeah, normalizes a little bit. Have you got another story over there? Yeah, I've got a few more. I've got... Uh, so a few episodes ago, it, it's probably like a month or two ago at this point, uh, we talked about the Tokyo Medical University that uh, they found out rigged the entrance exams so that women were less likely to pass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they pursued after 28 women sought uh, $1 million uh, in damages saying gender-based discrimination in entrance exams uh, was uncovered in 2018. Okay. And so the university admitted that they were doing it and they gave like some excuses like, like well, women are going to work as long and because right. they're going to get pregnant right away, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. just a bunch of like sexist remarks, stuff like that. So it looks like... It looks like the women who are suing them are going to win pretty easily, I think. Right, I see. Uh, are they going to get a full payout then or what? It says uh, they were ordered to pay 8 million yen in damages to 13 women for suffering emotional distress for gender-based discrimination. And uh, there was a settlement reached in July where they're returning the fees and stuff like that. But it looks like it's still going. And Right, I see. It's quite. That's not a bad amount of cash, is it? Eight yeah. million yen. Yeah, it's all right. So yeah, I mean, like, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, you should really not discriminate against people on the exam level. Uh, on the career level, actually, you know, obviously, women do tend to leave work for pregnancy and then come back again. So there is a gap in there as well. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't learn side skills from you know that time out as well. Right. You know, child rearing is a skill in itself, um, and obviously. You know, both partners can help with it, but there is a difference between men and women in the workplace. And I think a lot of people kind of brush over that now with, you know, complete equality and everything like that. It's simply really not true. 
Um, but to cut people right at the start of the race right. is completely unfair. You know, there's no reason to do it. Right. Um, you know, and yeah, they should be sued. And right. I hope they get some money out of it. Yeah, I mean, for equality, it should be equal opportunity, not equal results. Yeah, like, yeah, everyone yeah. should have the same opportunity. So like saying that you can't study something even is pretty ridiculous, I think. And nowadays in Japan, I think more and more, uh, most married couples are both working now, right? Both the yeah, husband most, and the wife. Yeah, most you know couples do work uh, on both sides. So often it's the man that's a breadwinner. You know, there are cases where it is the woman. But obviously, if you do choose to have a family, there are things that you have to sacrifice to get that to work. Right. So I'm not saying that women can't go back to work straight away, and and you know that the parent, the male parent, maybe you know looks after the kid or whatever. There are many many different options out there. But, I think it is a little bit harder though in Japan because oh, yeah. there aren't as many like services to like watch over kids and stuff like that. Like babysitting is, isn't a thing in Japan. Oh, babysitting is very tough. Yeah. Um, so you know, I've done this myself, so I do know. You know, I've gone through it. Um, I would have liked my wife to be more available to work at my company, mm. but obviously she wasn't because she was taking care of the kids. Right. And what in her mind her priority was her kids first. Right. Um, and I, you know, agree with that if that's what she wants to do. Um, but you know, there are so many different, you know, variables at play, you know, it really does need a lot of thought as to who does what, you know, you can't just go into it randomly because obviously you've got, it depends on the region you're in, depends on the salaries in that region, depends on access to work for men and women and the skill set that you have, um, depends on how many kids you have, whether there's, you know, uh, daycare available, you know, lots of different things you have to consider. So Tarring all with a brush of oh let's everybody be totally equal is just bollocks. It doesn't work like that. Um, but your situation is what you make it basically. So it's just a, a strategy that you have to take. If you want to have a family, you've got to plan it. Otherwise, you're just going to end up be running around like crazy, and it's going to be difficult. So. Yeah. Hopefully, they start like making things like babysitting more normal in Japan. Like I asked, oh, all, yeah. I asked all my adult students one day, uh, like. Oh, when what was uh, the first time that you were babysat by someone other than family? And then, hundred percent, everyone said, "I've never." When I was a kid, I was never babysat by anyone other but than. Family. I don't know any other country. Well, I don't know, but in Britain, but you certainly don't have hoiku until seven p.m., eight p.m. Yeah, that's pretty strange to me. Too. So I've like seen kids come and pick up their kid. The parents come and pick up the kids at eight p.m. Yeah, like I'm talking like seven month old baby or eight months old. Really? Or even like maybe a little bit older actually, maybe like one or two, whatever. Um. You know, coming really, really late after work because they right. had zangyo, right. and then basically the kid is just, you know, essentially in daycare all the time. Right. So that that does exist as well. You know, that case does happen too. Um, so I mean, you can't judge people. It's like it's your life. It's your yeah. child. You know, you make your decisions, right. good or bad. But um, you know, it always seemed like a shame to me that the children was in this kind of daycare thing for so long. And there are ones that do it at nighttime as well, actually. Really? I didn't know that was a... Yeah, thing. yeah. There's ones that do nighttime care from 7 p.m. onwards. Oh, for the for, for the parents who work all night. The parents who work in bars and stuff like that, yeah. you know. Um, but I know other people who break t- break, bring their kids to work as well. So my friends own a bar in Temokan and their daughter's like, what, 12, 13. And she comes and sits in there and does her homework uh, yeah. with, with the clients and stuff like that, chats to everybody. You know, and that's their style. So yeah, one of my you know. favorite restaurants uh, near Temmukon, uh, Haru Slow Food or Slow Food Haru. I always forget 
Oh but, yeah, yeah. Mm. But they have, uh, I think, three, two or three kids, and they're always just like sitting at the restaurant and stuff like that. And mm. whenever I'm sat next to them, the youngest kid, who's like two, I think, is always just starts chatting with me. So right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's cool. It's interesting. To see, I was wondering when those kids grow up, are they going to be superb conversationalists because they've been in that environment where there's a lot of people coming in and out and mm, right. you know seeing their parents chat and things like that. Like I stayed in a hostel the other night in Oita, actually in Takita City. If you look it up, um, there's a hostel called Q, like C-U-E, um, just in front of the station. And this couple renovated it themselves. You know, they didn't use government funding or anything like that. It's all, you know, crowdfunded or the money they've raised in on their own. Uh, and they've done a really good job of it. And they've got a little lad who's like four or five years old. And he helps the guests to check in. Like when he <laughs> shows you your room. And he's kind of going like Does that. Does he have a little and suit? <laughs> no, he didn't have a suit, but, you know. Uh, and that was like a really nice family business. Um, you know, obviously, they, they have a lot of work to do. They're very busy. Um, but they've brought their family life and work together in a way that really worked well for them. And I highly recommend staying there if you go there. A uh, good restaurant called N as well next door. Great sushi. Nice. Don't drink the shochu too much, though, because I drank, like, a shitload of mugi shochu. Okay. My God, I had the worst hangover ever. It's <laughs> literally just worn off this morning. So two days later. <laughs> two days later. Yeah. I was drinking with some designer from Tokyo. like, um, And he was basically playing me with Mugi Shochu. <laughs> so I was absolutely wasted. Um, but a great night, nonetheless. Yeah, sounds pretty good. All right. What's your next story, man? Uh, we have Japan schools to use digital textbooks for English classes from 2024 academic year. Wow. So... I think it was last year or yeah, I think it was last year maybe that they just updated uh, a bunch of the English textbooks for junior high school. Okay. Uh, we were doing a series uh, at our school where we were like explaining junior high school textbooks and make it easier for the students that were stuck at home yeah. during the pandemic. Uh, and then the textbook company contacted us and we were like, nope, take that down. Really? Yep. So even though you were promoting their yeah. textbook. We were promoting their textbook and we were putting like links for the books in the description. Like you can buy the books here. Right. And like we were just like a extra thing, but they were like, no, we don't like that. Take it down. Wow. So, so dumb. But I guess maybe it's because they're planning their own digital version of it or mm. something. I know, but even if you've got that, I mean, some extra content's no harm, is it? I don't understand what. They can't, they can't stop you, can they? It's fair use, isn't it? I think if you're using uh, the exact examples from the book, like like we were reading the uh, stories, the texts, the conversations, yeah, and then we were acting it out, and then we were like explaining it afterward, breaking it down. Right. So they were like, "You can't use our exact examples." So we started making like a knockoff version. We were changing the names, right, right, and then the viewership went. <laughs> what? Because the name was different. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> I mean, those textbooks are fucking retarded anyway. Like, sorry, I shouldn't use that word. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been told off. It's fucking stupid. Because, yeah. like, it's, well, it's like, hey, Ken, nice to meet you. Do you like Japan? And, you know, it's like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, basically. Um, just stuff you'll never, ever use in a real conversation. Um, well, hopefully these uh, new textbooks in the near future, they'll come with, like, more videos and real, like, native... English readings of yeah. it and hopefully they'll be actually good like conversations not like kind of the strange I mean I always like I taught English to a lot of people but I always loathe teaching English because it's like you know if you don't put the effort in yourself you're never going to get good at it 
So no yeah. matter how many times you come to a class or whatever, if you don't actually make effort to get better on your own and practice, you're going to be shit for the rest of your life. And I was brutally honest to some adults about this. Because, like, you know, there's no point just doing it for entertainment and then saying, oh, but I can't speak English very well. It's because you didn't try hard enough. That's basically the answer, right? Yeah, I mean, it's um, the same thing for any skill, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like, if you're only doing it once a week for, like, 50 minutes, then yeah. you're not going to get any better at it. You're going to remember what you forgot the previous week. Yeah. And that's about it. Well, it's like me trying to learn guitar. I did try and learn guitar for one bit, and I just didn't put the effort in. So it's right. like, you know, I'm never, ever going to be able to play anything <laughs> if, you know, I don't put the time in. But um, yeah, that's why kids get good at things so quickly because they got loads of free time, right? To just mess around with it or to just you know play with it and you know slowly absorb it and stuff like that. Well, I but, I just hope that they uh, their digital textbook utilizes like a lot of video, right? Because uh, we use a lot of video in our our English school to like show like real examples and pictures and stuff and like stuff like that, and it seems to be a lot more effective than just like right. giving them a textbook. Well, anything you can interact with, you know, in some way. At least you can shadow it or copy it or whatever. Yeah. Or replay it, watch it again. Yeah. But, I mean, they really need to change the kind of textbook nuance of, like, the friendly foreigner who comes to Japan and loves Japanese culture. You know, So they should have more examples like... They should have someone like me who just, like, <laughs> hates everybody. Like, they just come up and go, Hey! Hey, you, Alex! Hey, do you live in Japan? I'm like, fuck off. Don't talk to me. <laughs> No, I never do that. I've never done that. <laughs> I've had people come up to me in the supermarket and start talking to me and stuff like that, asking me what was in my basket. And I went, look, kid, it's full of beer, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I do kind of get irritated with that friendly foreigner. You know, everybody's here to kind of like entertain Japanese kids and internationalization image, which really irritates me. Um, I still prefer that over like, I don't know negative images of foreigners though like I don't mind no I think I think honesty is alright I don't think yeah, there's anything being honest um, but you know sometimes you want to be treated as if you are actually somebody doing a serious business or something like that and it's all like hey the foreign guys come oh the mascots here like, oh, for <laughs> fuck's sakes yeah. I'm a serious fucking businessman you know you've got to say that to them but yeah, um, yeah I, I think a lot of that's due to the education system basically and it's like you know the ALTs come along and dance for the kids and play games with them and stuff like that but you really need to take it to a deeper level and have some kind of meaningful uh, conversation about how foreign people live in Japan you know I've been here for like 17 years man more than 18 I think and it's like in any other country in the world if you'd lived in Britain for 17 years people would just call you English if you live right. in Hawaii or America, whatever, 17 years, people call you American. Right. And I don't want to be called Japanese and I don't want to be Japanese. But at the same time, I think there has to be some recognition that I am somebody who's made a life here. Yeah. Um, and the current education system kind of puts foreigners in this little bubble of, you know, effervescent, going to disappear soon. Right. Here right, right. for our, our entertainment type vibe. Uh, and that kind of filters out into wider society in a way that's not really healthy. Um, so something needs to be done to change that. So I hope in your digital textbooks, you include something like that as well. Hopefully. Unlikely, but anyway. Last one. Do you have any more stories or no? No, I'm done, man. I've oh, got that was fast. run everything. I, I have dogs shed tears of joy when, re when reuniting with owners, study finds. I can guarantee that to be true. Does your, your dog, what's his name, Oscar? <laughs> Oscar. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if he actually cries. I've never noticed, to be honest. But he looks very happy 
when I come home. All right. So it says that uh, a study shows that dogs actually cry when they're reunited after spending several hours apart. Right. So not even days or anything. Uh, but what a strange thing to want to research. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Yeah. Somebody... <laughs> who doesn't want to really do any serious work uh, comes up with that idea. There's somebody else did some research that shows that dogs shit north-south. Really? So, yeah, they um, they line themselves up with the magnetic field of the Earth. And if possible, they, they shit in a north-south direction. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I, I checked it out with my dog. <laughs> yeah, and he does... You put a compass on its back? I got and- my iPhone... And check the direction, walked after him. Because my dog can't poo in a single place. He kind of walks along and does it in this weird way. Okay. And it's always north-south? And it tends to be in a kind of north-south direction. I don't know why they do that. It's really weird. Yeah. But uh, in this experiment, they had 18 dogs that were apart from their owners for periods of five to seven hours. And the volume of dogs' tears was found to be around 10% higher after (laughs) they reunited than before they were separated. How did they measure this? Were they putting a pipette in the dog's eye? Because that would make some like tears come out, I imagine, anyway, right? <laughs> just stabbing it into yeah, just them. Kind of like, yeah. yeah. But I've got a toy poodle called Oscar, like you mentioned before, who's like, what, 17 years old? Um, yeah, 17. And yeah, he's very happy to see me when I come back, obviously. Still running around, even though he's completely deaf and can't really see very well and he's got cataracts or whatever. I wonder if my dog remembers me. I, I have a dog in uh, Hawaii. His name's Smokey. Smokey? Yeah, he's pretty he old. Yeah, he's <laughs> got that Maui Waui, you know? Right, I yeah. see. So, yeah, it's been... I don't even remember the last time I was back in Hawaii, like four years now, so... Right. Pro- probably doesn't even remember They me. always remember you. It's like they go crazy when you come in, right? Yeah. Something about the smell, I guess. Smell imprint on the owner. So, yeah, I mean, dogs in Japan are an unusual thing. When I first came here, like, you'd see a lot of dogs outside houses, like, chained up and shit like that. You don't see that so so much anymore. I think people are getting a bit more um, aware of, you know, animal, uh, not rights per se, but, you know, how to look after animals better. Right. I feel like Japan is, they kind of treat pets in a strange way, I feel, in Japan. Well, the pets are kind of like an automaton. It's like they don't imagine that it might have feelings and shit like that. It's just like a little robot thing that runs around for entertainment purposes. But like so. m- most people that I see with dogs in Japan, at least in Temonkan, they have like clothes on their dogs in the autumn and winter. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are pushing them around and like, Strollers. I, th- I think that's not a majority of people. I think that's maybe like it's just a, a Temonkan thing. It's just the weird people that you've seen, uh, maybe, and remembered probably more than other people. I don't see a lot of dogs, I guess, in general. In... If you go to the park, the Marine Port area in the mornings, they have like a dog meeting. Oh yeah, they do have like a like a big dog thing there, yeah, don't they? But I'm not into kind of dog meetings and stuff like that. You know, like the next stage up is cat people, which are just all mental. So I can't deal with that. Um, so, but in my area, I see, see a lot of smaller dogs being walked around recently and actually they very well looked after most of them. Um, but like I was saying back in the day, I mean, you'd see like a big, uh, Akita, you know, or Shiba Inu or something like mm. that outside, like just on a piece of rope, like, you know, looking pretty miserable. Um, but I think a lot of people have stopped treating the dogs like that now and actually keep them in the house, which is better considering there's so much volcanic ash here and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of nasty living outside. Yeah. Well, I, I actually got one more article from Mitch. He, he 
chose all the articles. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last one was majority in Japan prefer shaved ice over ice cream once temperature hits 34 degrees Celsius. Survey is, is that specifically at that temperature or? I, I'm just reading through it really quickly because I just noticed that I didn't print it. They tested like w they asked a bunch of people like which would you prefer under different temperature circumstances and <laughs> just different <laughs> circumstances and when it was around 20 degrees almost 100 percent of people preferred to eat ice cream right okay but once they hit 34 degrees it passed 50 percent. as it gets hotter and hotter more and more people prefer shaved ice makes sense though because you don't get that milky aftertaste you know right. that milky you know fatty type mm. thing or whatever that actually makes you more thirsty especially like chocolate ice cream yeah you know like afterwards but um the other day i was in oita like i said before and i, I came across this shop called tajimaya and it's like i think it's the oldest uh sweet shop in kyushu so it's like 200 years old or whatever and i had uh kakigori there like matcha kakigori shaved ice that was very good but I was massively hungover. So I was like, <laughs> water, <laughs> you know, trying to get it into me as quickly as possible. But yeah. What do you call shaved ice in uh, England? Don't have it, I don't think. You don't have it? No, I don't think so. I can't remember having seen it. I mean, we've got slush puppies and stuff like that, but it's not really the same thing. What's a slush puppy? Slush puppy is like a, an ice drink with like loads of oh. flavored sugar in it. Like, or a, whatever. like a slushy. Yeah, slushy. Yeah, yeah. Slushy, same thing. Okay. But I don't think they have them anymore. They used to sell them at like ice rinks and like, you know, places like that. Why would they sell it at an ice rink? Like ice is huh. the theme. Or maybe it's just old ice from the yeah, fucking ice rink. Scraped off the ice skates. Yeah, yeah. So when somebody does like a stop, they just like sweep it up and <laughs> pop it in your drink. Yeah. Extra flavor. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> I used to go to the ice rink all the time when I was a kid. Like in Sheffield, they had an ice It's unusual to have an ice rink in Britain for a start, but we had one in Sheffield. And like I would, because uh, I, I used to skate. I used to play ice hockey as well, so I used to go and skate. Oh, I played hockey but, too. I did you? Know, yeah, really, but not ice hockey because I'm from Hawaii. You right. Know? Okay. Of course. Not, right. not many ice rinks. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Ah, so you played gay hockey? Uh, <laughs> roller hockey. Roller hockey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nice man. So yeah, I just remember the smell though in there, like rubber. You know the because you don't want to damage your skates around the outside, so it's all like oh, rubber, right. like kind of wet rubber smell. And because it was a shitty old building as well, and they had like '80s pop music on a disco thing. There was like a DJ who thought he was like really cool. Obviously, he must have been like mid twenties. But when I was going there, we we thought he was like fucking fifty or something. We you know no idea being kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it just brought back memories of that that kind of place. So that's where I spent my youth. That kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I did a similar thing. Yeah, but, yeah. But on a cement roller rink and said. Right, 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 right. Yeah yeah nice man all right back well, in the day i think that's that's everything we have for today a little bit of a shorter episode yes all right cool uh i do want to say a thank you to our newest patron mary ellen so thank you for becoming a patron if thank you, you if you want to become a patron of our show you can click the link down in the description below but i told mitch and his response was why why do people support us <laughs> why do they like us <laughs> well we won't tell how many hours people have been watching this or listening to this uh podcast for what was it it was like how many hours was it it was a lot wasn't it yeah more than we expected yeah i mean that was not even including the audio podcast like yeah. we changed uh platforms with the audio podcast so i lost a lot of the old uh download information but yeah, this yeah. year alone like it's way higher than the youtube really? numbers yeah 
Wow, it's crazy. I mean, we wouldn't imagine anybody would want to listen to us waffle on. Yeah. Especially me and Mitch swearing and giving our stupid opinions all the I, time. I think but... that's what the people want. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, I'll try and swear more if you if that's what you wish for. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But thank you very much for supporting us. It's very much appreciated. Yeah. And let us know what it is about this show that you like. And if yeah. it's the news, we'll put more news in. If it's more the personal stories and stuff like that. Yeah. We will literally do anything. We don't care. <laughs> well, within reason. Within reason. Yeah. Anyways, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for uh, supporting us. Thank you for watching. Uh, hit like if you liked it. Ring the bell icon. And see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. And a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. Jan Myler, Jen, Justin Perkins, Ellen, Dennis P., and Ellen Mary. You guys rock.